0: I'll be too nervous to. i probably words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the of Words DraftKings podcast. I'm joined as ever by Matt vincenzi Matt, hello.
1: Hey Tom, I was so close last week to uh, taking one down um, for the you know a couple times this year. I've been so close, so. I'm feeling it. I'm going to break through uh, one of these weeks and win one of these things.
0: Yeah, you messaged me. So I was actually, I guess you guys call it a bachelor party. I was on a, what we call a stag do over here. I was in Budapest in <laughs> Hungary. So I saw what you like Budapest. Oh, we call it a stag do. A stag do? Stag do. Yeah. So it's like two separate words. Um Yes, it's definitely different. So, like, I have to kind of remember that you, you guys call it a bachelor party. But, yeah, we were on one of those. And uh, I saw your lineup, and I was, like, slightly drunk and didn't really know what, yeah. what you were saying to me. So, I just kind of came back to you, like, later on. Like, how did this actually finish up? Um, and you were close, right?
1: Yeah, I finished in like, 23rd. Um, and this is another thing. Like, when I say these plays on the show, and I don't know if all drafting shows do this, but we certainly do. Like, when I say I'm playing, I literally play. So, the lineup was Lowry, Pendrith, Vegas, on Willett and novak who we decided on the show that that was a good play and um i was like all the way up to like fifth or sixth at one point but then the guys just started playing poorly like lowry would have had to win um vegas was so hot on the front and then all of a sudden kind of lost a little bit on the back benny on had a shitty sunday Willett had a you know average sunday and Novak kind of the two but like i was definitely in a spot where i could have won and i thought um all the plays were really good
0: and vegas didn't he shoot like a sixty-four with a double and a bogey on the bear trap?
1: Yeah, he was twenty-nine in the front. Yeah, like I saw him just charging. I
0: was like, "Oh, thank you, left it so late, Vegas." And I was like, "Actually, he's gonna sneak into the top ten here." And then all of a sudden, he just threw in those like double and a bogey right at the end. But I guess that's just typical.
1: Yeah, he was t twenty-one. I think he was like in the top seven or eight in DraftKings points.
0: Yeah, he was. It was. I'm still really comfortable with that play. Like it didn't. It didn't work out. And maybe there's just too much competitive rust for him right now like it's been a long time since he could win but um i still think he made perfect sense at the time
1: yeah absolutely um
0: any more notes on kind of like the honda move i mean i obviously didn't see too much of it i heard that eric cole obviously had the chance to win um nerves got the better of him by the sounds of it making the par on the because he was on the green in two right or was he on the green in three
1: he was on the green in three he uh but he hit it, left himself a really easy chip, like he right to the left of the green, that little runoff kind of area, but a lot of green to work with. But he like kind of hammered the chip and it went all the way through, um, and then two putt from there. But it was a, uh, it was nervy, and the and he didn't want to win. Neither guy was very interested in winning.
0: Yeah, didn't didn't Chris Coat Did he hit the Honda or something?
1: He did hit. I think he almost did. He, but he, yeah, it was just short. Like it bounced off the rock, and then went back to the middle of the lake, but. I don't know if he was intentionally going for the pin or if he was trying to draw one in there and it didn't draw. I think it's probably more likely, but it was like both guys really desperately wanted to lose. I think with Chris
0: Kurt, I'm pretty fair to say though that it was almost coming. Like he's had a really good ball striking year, um, and then it makes sense that the one week he gets scout in Bermuda, he actually wins because his ball striking numbers were great. And when you look at it, three of his wins have come in Bermuda now.
1: Yeah, it, it makes sense, but it was never a number that I could have got to like in the 20s for Kirk. It's not never. So that's one of those ones where you know, kind of shrug your shoulders and move on. But I've done that a lot this year, so I'd, I'd like to actually win one, but yeah. not much you can do on that one.
0: Yeah, like I, I felt the same way. Like I definitely would back Kirk. And to be honest, I, I said this week I think he's still pretty decent value. I don't see any reason why he can't play well again, um, or obviously come back on set in, in this. But um, I think he's pretty decent value to, to go and play well again, bearing in mind his record at
1: Bay Hill. Yeah. And a lot of guys like we've talked about before kind of shy away from the person who just won the fall, uh, the previous week. I'm one of them too. I'm guilty of it, but it shouldn't mean that, um, you know, that they're not going to play the following week. And a lot of times it's because guys are like partying until Monday or Tuesday after winning a couple million, but hopefully he isn't.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. Like he shouldn't <laughs> be doing that. And, for, you know, you know, I think, I think this elevated status is events have definitely switched people back on, uh, just playing for a bit more that maybe if you win the honda and arnold arnold palmer isn't elevated you don't care as much right you 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 could probably skip the week you could just play and see what happens friday and if not just go home um whereas i think now he's like well i could really do with just taking advantage of this good form again Mm -hmm. so i I think he's absolutely fine but we'll come on to, to kurt later on um Looking at the pricing, three players above 10K. John Rahm, 11.5. Scotty Sheffler, 10.9. Rory McIlroy, 10.6. Who do you have to play, Matt?
1: Very tough. Um, I came into the week thinking, like, Rory's the guy. you got to play Rory. His record here is so good. He's, uh, he's the one of the three who hasn't won yet. He kind of feels like it's his turn. But everyone thinks that way. And he's going to be by far the most popular guy in the entire slate. And, like, no one's really playing Rahm. So I think I'm going to play Rahm.
0: I guess with, with Rahm, it's, you know, Scheffler's won on his, you know, won the last start, um, defending another title at Phoenix, defending here, Roy McIlroy's won the event. So I guess it makes sense that people want to go to his other two, but, yeah, you certainly can't leave Rahm alone. I guess the price disparity is obviously uh, important, but, you know, 17th in his debut last year, I think was pretty fine, and the way he's playing right now, I wouldn't want to bet against him at all.
1: Yeah, I, I don't love, like, I love him anywhere. Just to, to preface that, but I don't necessarily like think of him as the type of guy who wins Bay Hill. Uh, really, um, but just if no one's if, if everyone's going to play Rory and Rahm is half the ownership of Rory and he's, I think a you know a better player and yeah he's more expensive but that also is the reason why he's a little bit less owned and if you can get a John Rom at fifteen percent owned and you know he wins the tournament you're in really good shape.
0: Does Scheffler just sit between them both in in terms of ownership?
1: Yep, pretty much.
0: And I, I actually don't mind going back to him. I, I think that he's proven that he can go, he obviously has proven he can go back to back at Phoenix. I think he's proven that he can win tournaments at a clip. Like, like I forgot basically that he'd lost that playoff to Sam Burns as well. In the meantime, he could have conceivably had six wins in a year. Yeah, he could
1: have. In a calendar year. And, but thinking about it, like, yeah, he could be great, but last year he almost didn't even... Des- Not that he didn't deserve to win it, but it was like Woodland and and Victor going back and forth and they just both shit their pants.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of those ones where, like, when the hot guy just outlasts the people that haven't won for a while or, you know, a bit of competitive rust. Um, But, yeah, it's a tough one for me. I think just going with Rahm whilst the ownership is down and the fact that it's a little bit harder to jam people in makes it quite appealing. I do think you can also almost skip the three of them.
1: I was going to say that too. Like I was thinking of doing half my lounge with Rahm and half balanced. But do do you think Rory's the sure thing, sure top seven here that everybody thinks he is?
0: No, I think he's great for a first round lead here because uh, he's done that twice in a row. But I still don't. I still think there's everyone thinks he's just the best player in the world again. We've just seen him finish thirty second at the Phoenix and 29th at the Genesis. Mm, yeah. The two elevated events that he's played in America, he's not had an impact and. That's not to say that he can't hear. Like, he's probably a better golf course than what he's had before. But, yes, he won the CJ Cup. But, to me, he's done better things in Europe and stood out. Whereas, you know, he's playing against the other guys this time. I think it's a different thing. I still think there's a level for him that he needs to get to to say what Rahm is doing. And even maybe Sheffield at the moment.
1: Yeah, and I think the winner... and again could could definitely be wrong on this but i think the winner is going to be that next tier of guys like one of those other we've seen the elevated events dominated so far by rom scheffler whatever i think that this week it's going to be that next tier of really good player who might suit be better suited for bay hill can maybe you know a grinder we'll talk about those guys a little bit in a little bit but the only guy who i think is like rom i think will be there he'll find a way to be there especially when the score if the score is going to be minus four minus five um so if you play ROM and you have the winner at eighty seven hundred or whatever it is, then you know, then I think you're good.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Who are that next batch of guys then, that we're talking about? So we've got Max Hoven ninety seven hundred, Justin Thomas ninety six hundred, Morikawa ninety five, Zalatoris ninety four, and then it's Finau, Shuffle, Cantley, Hovland finishing off the nine Ks. You're pretty high on Vitz Hovland.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's my guy here and in- for better or worse, he's you know I'm I'm one of the biggest Victor fans out there, and I think I've always thought even before I, I bet him last year here. Like, but even before he he played well here last year. Like I always thought this would be a really nice spot for him. Um, you know international players have done really well here. He's good off the tee, and even lately he's been really good off the tee. Despite not that he's been playing poorly, he's been playing pretty good. Um, just nothing really special yet, but it, he's gaining he, off the tee. He's been playing good but not
0: getting the results that he was getting when he was on that great run right mm-hmm. and um, you know that has to change it has to change for him to to really be considered uh, you know back to where he was but i think it's a good course for him. i think i think that like you say international players have done well here they they seem to you know hang around um I wonder if it gets really windy, like they keep talking about. Whether that would affect him, but I guess he's probably played in stuff like that before and played okay.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, last year, I mean, people talk about around the green. Last year, I think he gained very slightly around the green um, here, and he's not the best wind player. He's actually worse in wind than than not in wind, obviously. And you think about the Open, he was contending at, but that 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 week was nothing. Yeah, and I heard someone say Morikawa is a great wind player because he won the Open. like... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was there,
0: and I wish there was a breath of of wind because it was the hottest day of my entire life. Uh, watching Colin Morikawa, I actually went home. It was so hot. Um, there was no shade, no relief. Like because normally you go to the open, and there's there's the sea air at least coming in. This course is so far away from that seafront. Unless you get right out to the far corner, you do not feel that, that, that was he was playing in a dome. Colin Morikawa.
1: Yeah. So. I'll, hopefully, we, I mean, it's been two years in a row. I hope we get a windy open one of these days. Um, but, yeah, I, I think last time he started was at Riviera, which 20th in that elevated event isn't bad. Th- game three off the tee, game three on approach. Um, so I think maybe starting to round into something. He's kind of like the forgotten forgotten guy. Like, if he was playing great, he'd probably be 22 or 24 in this field at this course, especially considering the course history and what he did last year. fits all those trends, too, of guys who have had the top five in the previous year.
0: Yeah, like the, the top five for me. And, and also, when you look at the other results, like he was 49th the year before, but he was actually third at the halfway stage. Uh, he just had a brutal weekend. And and maybe that brutal weekend suggests that if the conditions do get tough, like he's not going to be able to cope. But I think sometimes you just got to give these like, high ranking, high echelon players a chance to prove they can. Because we, we're we so quick to, oh, uh, you know, like he's, he's never won on. Bent grass greens. So yeah. he's never going to do it. And it's like, we well, have yeah, this kid's like 23 years old, 24 years old. Like give him another five years before we start kicking him off. So yeah, I like the Hovland play. Like, when I was first looking at it, I didn't really think anything of in terms of like a betting perspective or anything like that. Uh, if I was probably going to bet anyone in this Nike range, I'd actually probably have bet Max Homer, interestingly. Uh, I just can't see him slowing down for whatever reason. He just, he just seems to be there and feels like he's always going to give you a chance and when you look at his course record 24th 10th and 17th it's very hard to argue him struggling
1: yeah i was a little surprised at his course history i didn't think it was going to be quite as good um
0: it doesn't seem like the same like whereas tory pines and riviera makes sense because they're in california and and but it's still another classical test and major test which makes you think why he hasn't done well in majors yet
1: yeah it's strange i i'm just such a contrarian i think by nature that i just I can't allow him to win this week. I can't allow for it to happen. The, the media is just so... slobbers all over him. I've, I've never seen a, a guy like who's been so popular with the media before. Well, it's just
0: because he was funny once on Twitter and then it's just kind of snowball from there. I mean, I really like him, but uh, yeah, they do Who get, doesn't, though? Uh, they, they do get really carried away. Everybody um, loves him. Yeah, there's been a lot of popularity for Zalatoris this week.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What do you think about that?
1: I'm going to pass just because of all the popularity. It just seems... You know i i started an interview he was talking about how he was trying to he's like in cities like in phase two of three phases of his recovery and of his back of his back injury and he's trying to peak for april well i think he's trying to win the masters so like yeah he's playing really well and last week uh, or his last start may have kind of um eased some of people's concerns but i'm not completely there yet no i'm not i mean
0: like when you look at it, his course form is pretty impressive. Like he finished tenth on debut, and he finished thirty eighth last year. And I'm pretty sure he got off to a better start than the thirty eight suggests. He was twelfth, I think, at the fifty four hole stage. So that there's every reason to like him. And again, he just keeps proving himself on these tougher golf courses. But I'm not convinced that he's back, and I don't necessarily know that Florida is going to be the best place for him. He seems to be another California guy, right? So um, I'd probably like. I think people. Like we, everyone was off Cantley for a little bit, and he had this impressive performance at Riviera. And I just assumed everyone would jump back on him, but I don't see had much talk about him this week. I think
1: a big reason is one because he has never played this course.
0: But I think that's okay. It, it could be. I mean, Tyrrell Hatton finished fourth on his debut. Like, why can't Cantley do that?
1: Yeah, he, he definitely could. He definitely could. And he's great short game. He's a type of guy you would think would do well here, but he doesn't really putt very well in Bermuda. I mean, his best skill set, in my opinion, is is putting and he's throughout his career he's been a average putter on Bermuda.
0: Yeah, that would make sense. I just I just wonder if people again a little bit to, to sort of conversation as it started, like maybe people are giving like Sanjay even finished third on his debut here, Spee fourth, Hatton. Mm-hmm. I think we get so caught up in Oh, they can't win on debut, which I probably think is true. Like you probably need to know the nuances of the golf course. Tommy Fleet with tenth on Debut. Are we saying that Tommy Fleet would finish tenth on Debut and can't they can't if, if it's a, a thing that you don't like Bermuda putting, I, I get that, and that would make sense that like you do have to have it, and it is important. But um, that is the only real argument I've heard to it that I think that makes sense. Otherwise, I think at 9-1, the way Patrick Anthony showed up at Riviera after you know, a disappointing Phoenix was pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, and actually, to, to build off my reason for saying no, if I look at my, um, my model for this week, I used fast um, Bermuda putting. And let me just show you where Cantley ranks here. So Xander's actually pretty good on it, but let's see, Cantley is out of a hundred and in... oof, he is a hundred and eleventh out of one twenty-five qualified in the so, season. Fa- so maybe, so
0: maybe that's player. the thing. Maybe he he won't do well here,
1: but. I just feel like every now
0: and then, like we've been thinking, people won't do well here. Like for example, Shane Lowry's got a terrible course record here, but mm-hmm. I think people are coming around to the fact that he could play well here at some point this week. Can we apply this? Like, like I said, do we just rule this guy out because you can't on Bermuda Greens? At some point, he's got to figure out how to put the ball in the hole. That like, just yeah,
1: and, and he's done it before. He won the Zero Classic on Bermuda with him and him and Xander, even though the, you know the field was really pretty bad. But um, he definitely can figure out. He's a skill. I'm really high on Cantley overall. I think he's like everyone does those little rankings of their best players I always have him fifth um, Like I think he's very very good and it wouldn't surprise so, me at all. I'm
0: generally pretty low on him but I think I'm almost going against my own gut feeling on a lot of people at the moment just because that seems to be the way things are going um, so that's a little bit why I've given the homer thing a little bit why I've gone with Cantlay as well um, probably wouldn't advise just completely going against Chicago all the time but that's what I'm doing as it stands. What do we make of JT Morikawa, Finau and shop as a group?
1: Of them, I like Morikawa the best. It just seems like tougher conditions. Um, he's obviously his finishes. Like he had one bad start, the rest have been really, really good. Uh, I, I, I could picture him winning this. I was actually thinking about betting him when the week came around, but I thought he was going to be like 25 again. But books aren't ch- taking any chances on him this year, huh?
0: No, and I think it's because everyone has that same sort of feeling that you do that he's yeah. like he's ready to win again and he because he's just so elite right the way his performance is so far there's nothing really to question it he's had a bad year and still sort of look good at times it I guess he's just someone you can't take a risk on I mean, I'm always surprised that Zalatoris' price doesn't move as opposed to Morikawa's
1: yeah I this week they're, they're pretty close right but not betting so yeah. it's kind of weird I think Morikawa is a good DraftKings play this week I think he's going to play really well yeah, no, I like that. JT. I don't know. I don't know. There, there's
0: something wrong with him. I, I, yeah, I'm still not convinced. I mean, yeah, okay, he finished fourth for Phoenix, and he finished twentieth for Riviera. Like, it's not bad form, but I mean, how long are we going to say it's coming for JT before it isn't? It just feels like something's missing. Um, Finau called on him a little bit. Um, I do think that again, this should be a good golf course for him. I, I don't think there's a player that we've mentioned yet that this shouldn't be a good golf course for, but. So far, female 2 miscuts, 43rd and 28th, suggest that maybe it isn't. So um, we shall see from there. Going into the 8s, this is probably where I do all my favourite picks this week. Uh, I like to Hatton, 8-3. I think Matsuyama's interesting, 8-2, but I think the whole world does as well. Uh, Jason Day, 85. That would be my... I'd probably go Hatton Day, Matsuyama as my 1-2-3 sort of order in there.
1: Um, for me, it's day first as well. I like day a lot. He's obviously won here, is a and the fact that it's going to be a a more difficult test and a kind of a lower score or higher score. Uh, I think that favors him a lot. He doesn't have to get to 16 17 under, and he's potting like old Jason day. Yeah, he's great. I I, I think they could win two or three times this year. Yeah, and I think this could be one of them, and uh, I think next week could be one of them too. Um, one of the other 50, so, 50,
0: 50 to one next
1: week by the way i bet it the other day yeah um it was 65 for a while but i don't have legal gambling here and my sites that i have didn't have it yet so i was like oh, i want that 65 so bad but i finally got a 50 and i was like oh, i'm just gonna take the 50 because it'll probably be 30 by the time it comes around
0: yeah you should be as well
1: um uh, yeah so I, I like him a lot and you know what his putting is crazy in his last 24 rounds or 12 rounds um the only person who, who's putt better than him is Homa.
0: How much do we have to worry about this afternoon tea times on Friday?
1: I'm not worrying about it, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't.
0: I think it's, it's worth a conversation. I think we've had a conversation a couple of times where it's like, how much are we factoring this in? How much do we have to you know, change the lineups, stack them on one side? And then whatever seems to happen, it either the weather doesn't come like it should, or they just take people off the golf course, and then all of a sudden the delay means that no one really got affected. Uh, especially like you look at Pebble recently and I think back to the players last year that everyone was on this one kind of stack at the players and it just went to shit because they just rained it all off Um, I just think it's a risky play to throw all legs in one basket but if we're talking about people that are teeing off in the afternoon on Friday that group is but Zalatoris Hovland and Jason Day teeing off at 1250 on Friday if people are going to be worried about that
1: yeah um, so there's a couple ways to look at it the first one is like if you if someone plays 150 lineups which I don't play that way um then yeah maybe do 50 a.m stacks 50 p.m stacked and then do the rest whatever you want but i play i try to play like single entries with not higher stakes but like not a million lineups at five dollars but um so i i'm gonna play the guys i want to play and sometimes it, wor- it might work out with the win and sometimes it might not but i'm just gonna play the guys that i want to play yeah I, I,
0: for me it just makes my brain hurt thinking about it. <laughs> it just just like i've got a set amount of people that i've played if I suddenly got off of them because there was going to be some wind, like if I don't believe they can play well in the wind, I probably don't believe they can win. So isn't that a bit pointless?
1: Right. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, thinking back to the players thing, like the wave wave advantage actually did kind of take place overall, but the winner came from the wrong spot. So if you didn't have him, then you couldn't win. Exactly that. And I just, to me, Jason Day
0: will actually relish playing in the wind. Like, obviously, if the, if the morning group has such big advantage, like if it's three or four strokes, he can't keep up to it. But he will relish playing that, and so will Sir Yeah, and
1: with that being said, I don't think it's as much advantage as people are trying to make it be. I think people want it to be so bad. But, like, for me, between 7 to 9 a.m., which guys going to be teeing off at that time, like, on Thursday, is the best window of the entire first two days. So maybe they get up to a hot start um, and then come back to Earth and it all evens out in the end.
0: Yeah, when you look at a score of like four or five under, like things have to go back and forth, right? It can't just be, you know, you shoot one under par every day. It will be you shot four or five under on the the hot window and then, you know, went one over, whatever. It's all going to balance out. So um, interesting to see whether, you know, you thought any more of that. But I'm like you. I'm just going to play the guys I like and pray that I don't lose three players to to the wind on Friday afternoon. Yeah. Anyone else of note in the 8Ks you don't want to speak about?
1: yeah I like so my guys I guess are different than yours I am a little bit interested in fit Um, I always love him here but I just get a little nervous about the injury obviously which I'm sure everybody is but he's expensive enough to where he might be low owned and it might be like I don't know if if he's feeling all right, then maybe he can finish top 5
0: yeah I I don't think he's alright which is why I'm not going to play him but I think that's the risk that's worth taking he's such a such a different player now If, if we knew he was he was healthy he's in that 9k range right
1: Right, and then the other guy I'm playing, you're going to be shocked by this one. Um, Sam Burns.
0: That is shocking.
1: I've, where, I've never I've where never Where is it. that
0: coming from? You literally hate him. Like if, I if I, if, if I would always just envision that. I mean, I can see a little setup behind you. I just envision that being a dart ball with Sam Burns on it.
1: Yeah, it, it is. I would never have a picture of him up. I don't like Sam Burns, really. Um, and I think a big part of it was like the whole home effect, where when he just came on the scene, everyone was so quick to say how great he was. And just, I like guys to get over that hot stretch and then be hot again for me to really give it to him um but for burns it's like the one thing that kind of sold me the most was in florida he's a different player on bermuda he's a different player last year he he finished ninth here and that was off miscut riviera miscut tory miscut waste management finished ninth here yeah so he might not be in the best form now but he's in better form than he was last year coming into it and last year he finished ninth so like get him on this this course with um, his his off the tee game is is going to be really helpful. Putting on Bermuda, he's one of the best. So I just think he could like I think he could win. When he was
0: 36 uh, in 2020, he was ninth at the 54 hole stage. Uh, and when he was 49 on his debut, he was 14th for the 54 hole stage. So he's been inside the top 15 going into the final round in three of his four starts here. Three of his five starts here. Sorry, so he's missed a cut once in 2021, but it wasn't horrendous on day so He Bet is you know open seventy seven went seventy two round two so uh, I do like it I I didn't envision you saying you like Sam Burns and I certainly didn't envision myself liking him but I think he's one of those people like if you're looking at John Ram eleven five he's a pretty good second or third guy in right
1: yeah and. And the fact that I like him, I don't know, maybe it means you shouldn't like him, but I think it may- maybe means people should because I never want to play him, but, like, I just can't avoid him this week. And he's not very popular either. And I think if you look at win equity and the low eight, that's that's as good as you're going to get. Like, how can you trust Hideki over Burns? And I love Hideki and I don't like Burns. Yeah, I mean, I think Hideki is the ultimate bet versus
0: Div. Like, I'm not putting Hideki necessarily... In a ton of lineups, I think he's got to go in one where you're going high risk, high reward. Like I'll probably put him in a lineup with Lowry, knowing that both of them can miss the cup but both of them can also finish in the top ten. Um, I think that's a little bit kind of risk reward, but I think he's definitely a better bet than he is a DFS player, Hideki.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Whereas Burns uh, is
0: probably the other way around. I think.
1: Yeah, but I do. Th- I completely agree on both of those things. With that being said, Hideki isn't winning. Is that just because everyone thinks he's gonna win? Yeah, I don't think I don't know. I just think I just cannot envision that happening this week. Oh, I, I think you've gotta be playing a little better. Yeah, you don't wanna be coming to
0: Bay Hill to find your game.
1: No. No.
0: I just think he's interesting because it's just getting to the point where like you're getting a major champion, eight two. It's just it's just really tempting. But I think we found that with like Shane Larry a couple of weeks ago. Doesn't, yeah. doesn't necessarily play out that way.
1: You get a major champion at seven nine, so we'll go to there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's go to let's go to the sevens then. I mean, are we skipping Keith Mitchell?
1: Um, it seems like people like him a lot. Um, I I didn't like what I saw when he was in contention last two weeks ago. Yeah, it, it just felt like he it never felt like he was going to win at any point. I do
0: like him though. Like, I think I think he's a solid enough player eight, but I think he's in that weird range where he's got a couple of guys below him that you should probably trust a bit more especially in contention and then you've got guys above him that offer way more win equity like you say Burns I think Hatton is probably one of the biggest guys in terms of win equity at three. so um, Jason Day I'm very high on so I don't feel the need to go to Mitchell but uh, especially when you've got Larry at 7-9 which are we both taking a chance on in the hope that he just counteracts that weird course form.
1: absolutely I I I love him. I, I was on Hatton here when he won at 50 to one a couple of years ago, and I or whatever 2019. I almost feel the exact same way about Lowry this week. And I know Hatton had done it here the year before, like he was good. So that's it's a little different, but I just feel like this is the it's kind of the debate of course history versus um, uh, course fit. Like, and that's what I wrote about. Like, he's a great course fit. How could anyone say he's not a good course fit? He's exactly he basically is Hatton except a little bit better in my opinion, right? Yeah, so apparently, he's, did he lose a family member? He lose, lost his uncle or something like that? Yeah, I saw that. I did not know what it was. I thought you might know.
0: No, so I I saw a half a snippet that he'd, he'd lost his uncle or something like that, and obviously he's had the caddy change. So there's a couple of things, and, and basically people were saying that if it wasn't for the fact it's an elevated event, he wouldn't be there, but it is an elevated event, and he is there, and you never know quite what something like that's going to do. Is it going to motivate someone to play well and, and dedicate it to a family member? Is it going to make someone... You know, struggle with it. There's just two ways of doing it, right? There's no way of knowing which way that's going to go. So instead of second guessing people, I'm just going to go with a skill set and hope that finally he rewards the faith. I think Um, it was definitely encouraging we did last week.
1: Yeah, it definitely was. And it seemed like from the post that it happened last week because like I tried to make you proud or whatever. Like I, I just didn't have enough on the last day. And the picture was from him like during the week. So I think it seemed like it happened last week. And and I'm sure he was really close. And not to be insensitive, but like, when has anyone not played well like because their uncle died? Yeah. I I get I get it. He's probably upset and whatnot. But like, I think when it comes down to it, and you're locked in, you start playing the event. Like, I don't think that's gonna truly affect him that much. I think it's just a professional thing, right? You know, yeah. me
0: and you go to work, right, when something like that happens. And uh, you, you, like you say, you don't want to just you don't want to discredit him. You don't know how close he was to this person and his family. I think it was his uncle. Um, you know, so. I don't want that to put me off betting him. If anything, the, right. cause, the cause for me should put you off betting him. The, the only thing with Larry is there's only been one time where it felt like he ever had a chance to make the cut. That's the concern. So he had, he's had four efforts here and two starts ago. So I think it was like 2019, maybe 2018. He opened with a 70 and then shot 79 to, to miss the cut. Um, but two, two years ago, 75, 74. 75 72 and 75 70. He's never broken that 70 barrier. And I just think at some point over those years, he should have broken it at least once. But you just don't like, there's been so many cases of it this season. Riviera is a bad cause for Jason Day. And he goes and finishes ninth. Like sometimes you're just playing too well to not overcome that. He spoke about how great he thinks he's hitting it. I don't think he's hitting it as well as he thinks he is. But if he's thinking that, that's great.
1: I, I think he is hitting it great. Um, just based on the numbers last week, he led the field tee to green, right? Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and also, but his, but his
0: approach numbers aren't standard, are they?
1: No, not nothing great, but I mean nothing crazy. But last week they were good, like three point three. I think is solid. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and but digging a little deeper on those two miscuts, when he was playing um, in twenty, it was actually you're right, it was twenty nineteen and twenty twenty one. Yeah. So twenty twenty one, the week before, he lost five point seven on approach. So he was a shit form. Twenty nineteen, the week before, lost five point two on approach. So both times he came here he was in really horrible form. Now he's coming to the place where you know, now last week he led the field in tee to green. So I think that just could make all the difference.
0: It's just what we just said about why not to play Hideki right. You don't want someone to come in to find your game and play in here. He wasn't in a position to find his game when he you know and the fact that he's already had two or three missed cuts before that, so he was in bad form with his irons, missed it three times before. It's not gonna fill your confidence, whereas this time he's like right and playing well. Um, I've just finished top five or whatever it was. Um, it was fifth, wasn't it, in Florida already, like one week earlier. That, to me, is is probably everything you need. You shot that 65 on Saturday getting contention. So I think we've got to go with Shane Larry.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that's
0: an original idea this week, by the way. I imagine he's been pretty popular at 7-9.
1: Um, uh, I think not as popular as you might think. 8%. Wow.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. pretty low. Well. Then, then definitely playing that. Who who are the guys they're going to around this range
1: then? Um Mitchell's pretty popular. Um, like thirteen percent I'm seeing. Connors thirteen percent, Kirk thirteen percent. Connor? Why Connor's? Keegan seventeen. I would say Connors because it looks like um he led the field T D Green here last year. Yeah.
0: That was last year though, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, but I think that's a, I think that's one thing people look at. Like who was who 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 gained a lot of strokes in Peter Green last year but couldn't putt, or didn't win? I would just rather
0: look at the fact that he's finished 50th and 61st in the last two like elevated events. and I, I've been trying to get Connors right all season and can't, so I'm not going to bother trying. And this is my point with Chris Kirk. I know exactly where he is with his game right now. His, his screen is brilliant. His approach numbers are brilliant. He's played here, I think, 12 times, made the cut 11 times and finished inside the top 16 eight times. Why are we not going back to Chris Kirk?
1: Um, for me, it's because I like the guy next to a much better Ricky Fowler.
0: Yeah, I like him too, though. Like I I'm, love him. I'm, I'm, I I think that what I like. I think Day and Fowler are both going to come good this year, and I think they're on very similar trajectories. And I think that Day is getting more of the attention of the two, and probably rightly so, mm-hmm. um, because his his ceiling has been higher to this date. He's actually won that major, he's got to one number one, etc. But they're not far apart in terms of performance right now. Like Ricky, who's been inside the top nine for strokes can approach the last four events
1: his ball striking is unbelievable the last three 4.2 6.3 4.6 on approach genesis he gained three off the tee and that was all accuracy so i just think that could help him this week he's a great wind player he's, he's, he's actually played well i mean well, i don't
0: I yeah i don't know statistically but he for an eye test he feels like one of the best players in the wind in the field.
1: I'll, and i'll give you the statistically too he averages uh 1.15 strokes per event in the and when it's uh extremely windy
0: yeah. So I think he's great I mean I've, I've literally seen him at St George's Like pouring down with rain and wind Like he was brilliant And I just I think that's when he's at his best Like he's got his he's trusts his swing now It's in control And then he gets to be creative on top of that I think that's when Fowler's at his best So um I just love them both I wouldn't want to separate Kirk and Fowler But I guess in terms of ownership You're, you're just like Kirk Maybe at 13 cents is a little bit off putting
1: When you can have Fowler at the you know, same price in, call me crazy. I think Fowler can win. I don't think Kirk can.
0: No, I, I I think that Kirk is probably a top ten. Whereas I think you know I've bet on Ricky Fowler to win. I've bet on Jason Day to win. So they're the guys that I think uh, will win in those range. I did like Keegan. You mentioned you were surprised at Keegan. I I thought Keegan was good for this. Uh, when you look, he's got third, second, tenth, and eleventh place finishes here. The only thing I I thought he was playing better than he is. Uh, and by that I mean like obviously he's had two good finishes recently in the in the second. Um, at Torrey Pines and the 20th at Phoenix but then he missed the cut of Riviera or I expected him to play well um, and he missed the cut I think it was Hawaii as well where he expected him to win any mm-hmm. tournament champions he wasn't great so it's it's very hit or miss for Keegan you don't really want that at this kind of course.
1: I don't like Keegan this week. Um, uh, one the popularity for me is way too much for a guy who's, who's typically pretty volatile I mean he still missed two of his last four cuts. Yeah. Um and he's just so much lately has been the putting. Like when he contended at the Farmers, he gained seven strokes putting. Uh, he lost 3.8 at Genesis and he missed the cut. Um, I, you know, I, I I agree course fit, course history all looks pretty good, but I just, I'm going to pass.
0: Yeah, just, just at the moment, like course form doesn't seem to be stacking up in the way that it used to. And I, I think it's something to do, I, I still think immensely it's something to do with these elevated events. Like they're 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 coming to because even at Riviera, which is always known for being such a popular event, you don't always get a stacked field there. You always get that kind of guys missing. You don't always get you never get a stacked field at Bay Hill really ever. You sometimes get Rory and that's it. But like to me, they just mean so much more. And I think that's another plus for Larry. He's going to look around and Ram Rory and all the chef are all going to be there. And that's how he stacks himself up. He seems to relish the competition. So I think that would be the same for Fowler um, as well. So,
1: I yeah, think we're going to get a very European leaderboard this week.
0: I mean, it would make sense. I mean, was it five straight international winners before uh, the last couple?
1: So, Yeah, Bryson and Scotty. But I just think this year it's going to go back to that.
0: Yeah, no, it makes a bunch of sense. Uh, Scott and Rose, are we out on those for now?
1: I'm out on Rose. I'm not out on Scott, only because he's like a guaranteed made cut at this place he has been um and nobody is playing him he's one of the uh, lowest owned guys in the entire he just, range he was just a
0: lit down at genesis right
1: and that's probably why but i think he can he can bounce back i still think he's gonna have a pretty good season um i wonder if williams on the bag maybe isn't the best thing for him
0: is he on the bag this week i don't know what because he's not doing every week so i don't know if he is or not. you would
1: think so with elevated though
0: you should think so, yeah. He should be, but I wonder if he just has the week off before the players, and then plays the players and match play, and then masters. I, I, I don't know. know. I, I don't know. I guess we'll find that information out at some point, but I don't know for sure. Fleetwood, you like Fleetwood?
1: I love Fleetwood. I'm so, i cool,
0: I'm, so co- I'm so cool on him.
1: Yeah, I know I'm, you
0: are. I'm so out on him. No, like, I just, <laughs> I don't, I don't believe he's as good anymore. Yeah. Even even I mean, at his just, peak, he struggled to win.
1: Yeah. There's do you reason to do you think he can you're win? Right. I mean, it's tough to justify yes as an answer to that. But no,
0: but if you but if you do, you do. Like, do do you actually think that you can envision Fleetwood winning the tournament?
1: Because he doesn't need yeah. to.
0: He doesn't need to at seven five, does he?
1: He doesn't need to, but I can envision it. I mean, I bet it at eighty or whatever. But I mean, isn't he very similar to Hatton? They played Hatton, well. this just gets I it done. Don't. Yeah.
0: No, like even on, even on the DP World Tour, Hatton's one more recently, like than Fleetwood. I know Fleetwood obviously won the Ned Bank, but in general, like over recent years, I think if you look at it, Hatton's been more consistent.
1: The thing with me and why the reason I bet him is because it seems like whether he's the best player in the field or it's a field like this. He has the same chances to win so you might as well bet him when he's 80 to 1 and not when he's
0: i do agree with that and i, I, mean, I say that about a, a lot of players right like i think if you're gonna bet somebody, like flip i think if you believe long term so, there's a couple of players i've said this about already like i think the same with fowler i think the same uh with people like Min-Mu Lee and things like that like if, if you like these players and they believe in their talent and think they can win big events bet them while they're the big numbers now because there's no good waiting for them at Heritage is elevated, isn't it? But something like that, like a yeah, Texas yeah. Open or Windham whatever, or whatever. Um, Windham, yeah. You can't just rely on that. even Windham's elevated this year, isn't it? But like a Texas Open or whatever, you can't hope they're just going to be going to win in that thirty because it's just as volatile, I guess.
1: Yeah. So like all <coughs> his best, a lot of his best finishes are at big events. So, and if it's a big event that he's going to win, it's probably going to be the event where a lot of European grinders, wind players, have done well.
0: I think for me, it's just. You, you know you always say that you want to see the, the return for the irons from Morikawa before you play him I feel the same mm-hmm. way about Fleetwood and his yeah. his approach numbers haven't been great I guess this is more of a feel like it's such a good course fit he has shown the course form here in the past he is I just I don't know if I lack the belief that he's the player he once was I, think, I feel like his mindset is not the same as it once
1: was I think that's completely fair um, the last thing I will say Florida's been his best spot yeah uh, you know he seven of his 21 career top tens have been in florida three and three of those are at bay hill 2017 2019 2021 yeah no, another I,
0: odd year i guess it's one of those ones where like if you are going to play fleet with anywhere it's here and
1: yeah
0: i'm just never going to play him so if, if you know uh, i'll say this and then i'll probably play him at like the us open or something ridiculous something, <laughs> he'll do something and i'll play him later on in the year. but at the moment i'm very cool on him uh, Gary Woodland, we both like. Yep, I, I like Gary Woodland a lot. Seamus Power, I think, is he being overlooked a little bit?
1: Yeah, he has been overlooked for sure.
0: He's so solid at the moment. Like, I genuinely can't believe how solid he is in terms. Of, so he's won Bermuda, finished third at Mike Over, fifth at the RSM, twenty-fifth at the Tournament of Champions, obviously pretty average. Twentieth in Abu Dhabi, but he hit the ball pretty well. Fifteenth, twentieth, fourteenth.
1: Yeah, I didn't even realize how good he was playing.
0: He, he's beaten Rory in both of those two elevated events. I know you can't, just put, <laughs> you can't just put it against one player, but he has. You know, so I think I like it's been well overlooked. Like, when, when people are thinking about, like, Seamus Power, they're going, oh, he's Irish, so he's going to be good in the links, and he hasn't proven that just yet. But if people are still going to take that mindset, then why would he not be good at Bay Hill? I know he missed the cut last year on debut, but the one thing I said about Power is that this is the first time he's going back to these golf courses as a good player um mm-hmm. I trust him to get it. he shot uh, he shot he opened with an 80 in round one last year um but the follow-up was 72 still had no chance of making the cut but I just believe in him so much right now 7400
1: 7, yeah you you're saying, you said he's being overlooked and uh, I think proof of that was I forgot he existed until 30 <laughs> seconds ago <laughs> so yeah I agree that he's being overlooked um and I agree that he looks like a pretty good play, especially Woodland's going to be extremely popular. I like Woodland a lot. Um, I guess he's a great pivot off Woodland if you need to get
0: smoke from his Yeah, this That yep. would be my take on it. I think he's, And I like Lucas Herbert at 74 as well.
1: Yeah, both could be good pivots. Uh, who do you like better, Power or Herbert?
0: Probably Power, just because I think people still think, oh yeah, Lucas Herbert's a smart player. I think people have just called on Seamus Power for some reason and I don't know if it's just people don't believe he can win these kind of elevated events or even consent.
1: How about the fact that Herbert's lost strokes on approach in a million straight events?
0: Yeah, he just never made he, <laughs> it. Just, it's like statistically, he will never jump out and then you'll yeah. look at where he's played well and he'll just do that again. Um,
1: so. Oh my God, it's, I'm looking through his stats. It's so yeah, bad. He's,
0: he's. That's what I mean. Like People are very high on Herbert and I do like him for this. But it, it's, you can't back it up. It's just, oh, I think he can play well here and hope he does. I like Minwoo Lee. I was really, really encouraged by his top 20, 26 in the end. I was going to say top 25. But he finished out great at the Honda Classic, final around 66. I think he's the guy, unlike Herbert, who's going to grind his way throughout the week. I think Minwoo is capable of shooting the lowest round on any given day. Uh, he's also the person that can probably find the most water balls on any given day. Yeah. So it's yeah. very risk-reward, but I think at 7.3, I think that's good value to do that. Like, I was just waiting for him to show something in a regular PGA Tour event, and he's done it. So 26th.
1: I would have liked to see him do a little better than 26th, especially you charged on Sunday as the, what, fifth favorite in, at the Honda?
0: Yeah, but like I, the, I felt like the fifth favorite was just misplaced.
1: Yeah, it was. I think, I, I think that's the
0: thing. Like, the expectation was just wrong. Um, so I think for that, to me... If he finished, like I would like to have seen him finish top twenty. He had but he had that like, one bad day, right? So he opened up sixty eight, sixty nine, and just had a bad Saturday. He finished, he shoots seventy three. So really, yeah. he didn't, he didn't, he probably was a top twenty guy, really. Uh, so I'm pretty, pretty happy with him at seven three. Then it's a, a whole lot of hums and ahs until we get to Bo Hostler. I think at seven one.
1: Hmm. I I saw you send me a lineup earlier. I was kind of surprised you liked him. Um, I've always been just like playing at at the Texas Open and play him in California and that's it.
0: But he's played okay here. Like he's 4 for 4 for made cuts. So he was 66th on his debut, 58th our second time, 24th three years ago, and 20th last year, 6th at the halfway stage. Wow. Just seems to like it. I just think it's one of those he's good at tough, a little bit like a, not as good as Zelatoris, but likes those kind of tough layouts and kind of just relishes it. I think Haas is a little bit the same. I mean, his approach numbers are not good, so it's hard to trust, if you like. But, um, you know, T's green, 16th and 25th, his last two made cuts.
1: Yeah, he's, he's kind of like Herbert a little bit. His, his uh, approaches are never going to be great. Um, but with him, he is very consistent off the tee. Like, he, he will hit fairways consistently. Um, so, yeah, I, I can see it, I guess.
0: Because uh, everyone's going to get a Bisweden how this range, 7-1.
1: I'm not, that's for sure.
0: No, I'm not. I mean, I can't say what I've said about Buzudin and how to pass and then stop playing him. But <laughs> I, I think I think that he's right. And I mean, um, Sam Ryder's has obviously got questionable next to him because he's Mr. Pro-Am. But he's a guy that's going to be popular in this range, I guess.
1: Yeah, it looks like he is. Um, ben Arn's going to be popular too. But I think for good reason. He's I, I like him actually a lot. I think this...
0: Yeah, I like Ben Ahn. Sepp Strack is the confusing one for me.
1: Yeah, I like him too. He doesn't play well here, though, does he? I guess not, but I don't know why.
0: Yeah, so this is a little bit Shane Lowry-ish, I guess. But, I mean, last last year he was coming in off the win, so like, that changes our dynamic a bit, but he's just never broken 73 here, I don't think.
1: strange. He gained, like, seven-point-something strokes in approach last week. Yeah. So,
0: I... He's one of those that I've almost was tempted to bet to miss the cut, but also kind of like him to finish in the top 20. It's a bit of a weird mix.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I, I think I might play him just because the, that his tee to green last week was incredible. Um, so last year, let me see, he missed the cut after winning Honda, but when he won Honda, his, he played better this time than when he won. He just gained six strokes putting that time. He only gained 3.3 in approach. Yeah. And we've seen him play good at some bigger events too, so I, I think I will play him. Um, how about the opposite, Molinari? Not no. playing well, but he's great at this course. No. <laughs> okay. <All laughs> are, right, you di- are you doing it? No, I, I had him starred. Um, I was thinking about it. I one of my favorite players, but um... I thought he was going to do
0: something at Phoenix, and then you think, okay, he's going to go to Riviera. Didn't do anything. Uh, three missed cuts in a row. He wasn't impressive in um, Consention, Abu Dhabi. And before that, he sucked. So, Yeah,
1: yeah he just, sucks, I think. Just it's just
0: long-term. It is what it is. Uh, I think there's a reason. I think it's a trap that he's 6,900. I think it's one of those, like, oh, look, Molinari's in the 60s. Let's take him. And it's, no, just leave him. Anyone else?
1: Seen... Go ahead. I was on his win here as well. It was, it was awesome.
0: Yeah, and does that sometimes just, like... Yes. Yeah, yeah. It gets a bit nostalgic. I'd love well, to see him play well. How about Fox? Is he... Yeah, talent-wise? Just talent-wise. So I, I basically said that I thought Ryan Fox's rise last year was one of the more underrated things because he gets punished for all be, being DP World Tour. So I was really impressed with him last year, expected him to kick on this year, but hasn't necessarily done it even in Europe this year, and, that, and that's a concern. So he's 65th in Abu Dhabi, 20th in the Dubai Desert Classic, 11th at Raz Al Khama, which is a really easy event, and 17th in Singapore. So... I just think if you can't top 10 in those, you're probably not going to do anything in, in the PGA.
1: Yeah, he's done. He's never done anything on the PGA, so...
0: But, I mean, he has the tools. Like, There's, there's nothing to suggest that he couldn't play well. He likes Lynx golf, so that always plays well here. Yeah, I just don't trust him. 6K guys, anyone that you're already keen on?
1: Yeah, there's a couple. Um, and they happen to be relatively low. Yeah. Um, Charlie Hoffman I really like. Hmm, interesting. I bet
0: on him to miss the cut last week. <laughs> and he did, didn't he? Did he miss the cut last week? Yeah. 71, 71 missed the cut by one, I think.
1: Okay, that's not bad.
0: He was playing he's, great for one
1: point. Not... One, yeah, ninth in my model. Yeah. Um, For whatever reason. I think it's because he was really good on approach in T to green at, at – Waste Management, 14th, and even last week at Honda, when he missed the cut, it was all putting. He gained across the board otherwise, um, so he just didn't really putt very well, and that was that was basically well, it, it. The only
0: reason I Ben's missed the miss cut at the Honda is because he never played there, so I guess he just had to play a lot like this year because maybe he's playing for a bit of status or whatever. But so that's why I did that. But yeah, I mean at this got of course, he's great. He's second, 14th, 13th, and 10th in four of his last five starts. So. Yeah, that's great. Sixty-three hundred. He's he's pretty impressive.
1: I'm worded to trap, but I'm probably gonna take the bait.
0: Dave, David Lingmer fit the ball really well last week.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about him like while he was drilling a long putt, oh, or or chipped in, or something. I, I saw it, and I was like, I think I'm gonna play him next week because I remember he's played well here before in the past, hasn't he?
0: He's made every cut. He's finished thirteenth once, so he was sixth at the halfway stage, and then everything else is basically just a made cut. Uh, but when he was actually 63rd, he was 30th going into Sunday. I think he's a guy that can get through to cut 62.
1: I do too. Yeah, I, I like him.
0: I think he. I think he did. No, like, he was pretty he was sixth in strokes gained approach last week, uh, and fourth in tees greens That's pretty impressive.
1: Wow, sixth and hmm. I didn't realize that.
0: Let me just. I'm just going to look at the kind of more traditional um, ball striking numbers which kind of stood out to me as well I believe let me just double check them I just remember seeing his name and thinking wow like am I going to be playing David Lingmouth again it didn't work very well last time do you remember when I said that David Lingmouth was going yeah. to win um, and, it, and it was the week before and everyone was saying no just wait for the Amex but he was 15th in driving accuracy and 10th in greens and regulation
1: wow so what big
0: no who who knows he hasn't done anything yet on the PJ tour, and he's played four or five times, so it's it's hard to rule him out, but also hard to get excited. I think actually the the low sixes is more exciting than the high sixes.
1: I agree. Do you um, think
0: it's a spot where Badley can bounce back after people liked him last week?
1: Maybe. Last week I said I didn't like him because I think of him as better on California. Remember? Yeah. And now, and then he missed the cut. I yeah, I'm out. I'm out.
0: Fair. He's six thousand two hundred, so there's only so many risks you want to take at this point, anyway. Um,
1: Merritt's been good here. He's playing like ass, but he's the same price as fucking Kamayu Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> that is that's horrendous. How out of the hell
0: is he six k? That's amazing.
1: And he has good course history. He just isn't playing very well, and nobody's playing him either.
0: I don't know if I want to be taking the risk, but I mean, it makes sense. There's not there's not much to uh, to really argue about. Podrick.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you think about a uh, tough test and he doesn't really have to do too much, just kind of hang around. No one's playing him. Did he? What did he do last week?
0: Yeah, I think he made 68. the cut. Like that was about it. He, yeah. They were they were, it. they were showing about how good he was, ball speed, and Lowry was watching him and lost for words or whatever. I mean, it's just it is what it is. But who are the guys from here that we can trust? Is, is Pendrith the guy at six K, at six nine that we can put in?
1: No. No. <laughs> I don't trust him really um, Webb is 6300 Jesus Christ
0: Webb is he's, he's fallen off a cliff hasn't he and I don't know I really like Webb as well I, I really want to see him come back I mean he made the cut he was he shot a 66 on Saturday last week and then just rattled off a 77 on Sunday just to and it was the same at Phoenix really he was like 30th going into the final day and just fell away again there's almost like a lack of confidence to kick on, or he's either trying too hard to kick from thirtieth to tenth or whatever.
1: You know who I who I like a lot actually is Andrew Putnam. Really, he has he's been kind of bad lately, but I mean, at Sony he was good, he was fourth, and I know. And now you're going back to um, Bermuda again, and he finished I think thirteenth year last year. Or four-
0: he missed the cut last year. But he was fourth year before that.
1: Yeah, yeah, fourth in twenty twenty one. So, and he's really, really cheap. And he's a guy everyone was really high on a couple of weeks ago. And I we talked about this before. Like when we go to Florida, everyone should kind of have a fresh slate. Yeah, I'm
0: worried about him long term, but he might just be able to spike for another. You don't just lose the ability to play good golf over two weeks. So yeah, maybe you can just spike when the conditions are good. Uh, he's got a memory of finishing fourth here. It's just it's just the fact that he missed three cuts in a row, and missed two of the three cuts here that put me off. How about Will it? Yeah, I mean, if you liked it last week, why wouldn't you like him this week? I think is probably the the line I would say there. For some reason, I keep thinking Joseph Bramlett's going to do something. And I know we were worried about the the switch from California to um, Florida, and it did kind of pan out that way. We've been finishing 55th last week, but he opened 65, closed 68.
1: Yeah, and he's made, what, seven and eight cuts in a row? Yeah. Um, That makes some sense. And I think this is probably a better fit for him, too, because I think – the distance off the tee is really going to be helpful. Yeah. But he's a fucking god-awful putter.
0: He is. But eventually, that's going to change. Not like just one week. When you're looking at 6K guys, they're all in here for a reason, right? So you've got to, you just got to have some luck along the way with your logic.
1: What about Todd?
0: What has Todd been like here? He missed
1: two cuts in a row, but he was second at Pebble.
0: 18th here three years ago, 57th and 60th. So he can make the cut that's about what i would say zach johnson finished 12 last week
1: yeah oh he's another guy i wanted to mention and he's made um i think five or six straight cuts here
0: it's more than that he has made maybe 12 straight cuts here
1: Jeez.
0: four eight twelve he's made 14 of the last 15 cuts here that i've got going back 15 years
1: and he's made four cuts in a row this season all four cuts this season.
0: He's finished third, ninth, third, fifth, and ninth here as well. Last four years, twentieth, fortieth, 49th, forty-second. If you're just looking for a guy to get through the cut, I think it's Zach Johnson.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. why I forgot to mention him. He's probably my favorite play here. How old is he? He's not too old to finish not, in the top twenty, is he? Like
0: 107, isn't he? But yeah, I mean, it's not. It doesn't matter anymore, does it? I mean, we see he's 47, Zach Johnson.
1: He's not as old as I really. Thought. Is he
0: the type that's going to destroy the Champions Tour?
1: Yes, he is actually. I think. I thought that about Brian Gay though, and
0: he's like sucked absolute ass. So. <laughs> so, I think I'm done. When I start talking about Zach Johnson, and
1: um, I do like Zach though.
0: I think Zach Johnson and Charlie Hoffman are interesting here. Those are and two. And Ling, Ling Murph, 62.
1: I'll play all. Th- yeah, I'll probably play all three of those guys. I, I like you. I like the lower guys just as well because then you can jam in Ram, or you can go balance with a couple of nine K guys. Like either that, or go completely balanced and don't play any of them.
0: Yeah, like, I think that's your options. You either you're jamming in Murph, Zach Johnson, or Charlie Hoffman because you've got Ram, or you're just avoiding this whole range altogether. Because I don't like anyone at the top sixes. Even Bramley at sixty-seven, I'm pretty cool on. Yeah, me too. I think that's it then I think we're done let's just pick our favourite players so we're going both with Rahm and and the above 10k's yeah 9k's I assume you're on Victor Hovland
1: absolutely yeah
0: you aren't talking me into it for some reason I'm going to go with Cantlay I just think I'm going to go against the grain a little bit uh, in the 9k's in belief Jason Day for both us 8500 yep and then you like Sam Burns. I like Tyrrell Hatton. If people want another one in there,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so, see the sevens is difficult. We're gonna to have to have a couple here. Is it both Shane Lowry and um, Ricky? Yeah, yep. But I think we, I think we should give a nod to Power and Woodland as well. We, we obviously both like those guys
1: yeah Woodland would be the really popular one and Power would be the pivot off of that I like Woodland better but considering he's tripled, he's probably going to be triple the ownership then you should give a look to Power Well, like,
0: like Woodland makes sense because he's got the top result here and he's playing well again ball striking wise but Power just to me I think has just been forgotten about as you already mentioned you did forget about him literally um, mm-hmm. 6500 Zach Johnson 6300 Charlie Hoffman and 6200 David Lingmay
1: yep completely agree
0: I think that's it I think they're the only people that I'm really interested in the 6K. So I've got to balance it out or take three of some of the most horrendous names we've just said in 2023. Bearing in mind, yeah. I'm betting Kyle Stanley to win a tournament this week as well. It's going to be a rough week for me, I think.
1: Oh, yeah. I'll give my couple bets there. My guy, Akshay Batty, I know everyone's on him. I'm going to be on him too. I'm not going to miss him out. I've been I've been following this guy forever. And I get a sneaky one. I don't know if anyone's on this. I haven't seen, seen much of it, but I, I like Jim Herman this week. Has some good I, course history, and have- he's, he's playing pretty well
0: have not seen Jim Herman I've gone with um, Bryce Garnett Kyle Stanley and Raphael Campos I've definitely leaned into the core stuff more Yeah, uh, Puerto Rico but yeah I think that sums us up Matt um, slightly late, later one than normal um, on a Tuesday and a slightly longer one than normal I think so um, good show really just forward to, uh, to chatting with the Bay Hill and then we've got players next week uh, match play do we do drafting to match play yeah
1: we do we do, we do. Yep.
0: I can't remember if we did it last year or not. We
1: did. Um, so we did our whole bracket. I remember we went through the whole bracket. We did oh yeah, that bracket. was true. Yeah, we did yeah, it. Yeah,
0: that was right. Yeah, feels no, like I yesterday. I don't think I did very well. Yeah, <laughs> feels like <laughs> yesterday. Four hundred and fifty-seven weeks ago. <laughs> um, Matt, thank you as everybody, and uh, we'll keep in touch all week.
1: All right. Talk to you later.